You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got a special guest, Tamika Spalding, joining us all the way from Port Sorrell. Welcome, Tamika. Hello. Good morning, Jason. Yeah. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Well, it's good to have you back. We've uh, done two programs already, and uh, this is your third one. And you've been uh, sharing a uh, program titled Finding Love and Purpose. And uh, I know the uh, the first program was how you first came to Tasmania and you're still here. So, And we're, we're still finding more uh, more about your story. So it's great to have you back with us and, and sharing. Uh, just before we get into our main program, Tamika, can you just remind our listeners of who you are and uh, some of the things that you do when you... Uh, uh, during your week, how do you spend your time? Yes, well, um, yeah, I'm coming uh, from Port Sorrel this time. I'm not in, in Hobart with you. Um, and I've been married to my husband, which I spoke a little bit about how I met him on the first program for 16 years exactly um, today. And I have four kids. Um, I've got two in high school, a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old, and I've got a, a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, in my free time, well, when I have free time, um, I really enjoy actually doing some artwork using pastels or watercolour. Mm-hmm. So I like doing that with my daughter. Um, my daughter's just recently, my, my older daughter, um, who's 12, she recently has been getting into the polymer clay crafts. So I've been doing a little, little bit of polymer clay craft. That's been a bit of fun. Um, and, yeah, I'm a writer I'm. Um, you you yeah, recent, uh, recently uh, started a, a podcast series as well. Yes, during this process of working with you, Jason, you've helped me um, get up and running. So mm. I've just put out my first um, couple of podcasts. Yeah. Well, we might we might talk a bit that uh, a bit more about that later in the program, but. Um, uh, we'll just remind our listeners, you can listen to our past episodes, both uh, uh, Tamika's story in part one and part two of Finding Love and Purpose. Uh, you can listen to those and all of our other programs as well by downloading the Faith FM app if you've got a phone or tablet. Faith FM Australia, go search for that in your app store or you can just simply go to the Faith FM website and go to the listen menu and I think there's programs and you can find Tassie Encounters there and you can listen to all of our past episodes. So, so Tamika, you previously shared with us that uh, one of the things that you do with your time is uh, you, you've been involved with Pathfinders and Adventurers. Now, many of our listeners might not know what Pathfinders and Adventurers are all about if they haven't heard your previous program. I know you um, described that a little bit previously, but uh, remind us what that is. What is Pathfinders and Adventurers, and how did you first get involved with that program? Yeah, well, Pathfinders is um, age for kids um, between the age of 10 and 16, they can choose to stay on and do extra programs that take us up, take them up to about eighteen, and they can stay on like me and never leave. Um, or um, yeah, adventurers is for kids aged four to nine. 
Um, there's a little bit like scouts. They go camping. They earn badges, um, which we call honours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they learn life skills, cooking, first aid, some knot tying. Uh, we do outdoor and indoor activities, a bit of marching. Um, yeah, just lots of fun stuff. And we also learn about God and his love for us. Yeah, That's awesome. So um, you, your involvement in, and when did you get first involved in uh, yeah, Pathfinders? Was that part of your local church? Yeah, so I first got involved with Pathfinders when I was um, well and truly uh, too young. I was only, uh, I think I was about 18 months old when I first came to my Pathfinder camp when my mum and dad were involved in Pathfinders and then... I stayed in a club and I became the the little mascot. So my mum sewed me a uniform and had my own little badge and um, sash and scarf and all of that, Um, the uniform that that Pathfinders wear. And that was in in Adelaide. And then when I became adventurer age at age four, I joined um, an adventurer club. And then when I turned 10, I joined a Pathfinder club and... I stayed in right through until I came to Tasmania and then I became a staff member and here we are. I'm still doing Pathfinders. I absolutely love it. Mm, Very good. Now, uh, your involvement um, in leadership in Pathfinders, uh, tell us how you you got involved there. I think there was was somehow a, a bit of a connection with a past Pathfinder director. Yeah. So when I first came to Tasmania, I was in a club in Hobart and then when I um, uh, got married and, and came to a local church um, in the northwest of Tasmania, um, I started attending that church and they didn't have a Pathfinder club. And so I thought that I would just have a little time off. So there was a period of time where I wasn't doing Pathfinders for a few months. And I had this thought actually while I was sitting in church, you should start um, a Pathfinder club. And... At first, I thought, well, that's, yeah, that's a ridiculous idea. I was 25 years at the time and I thought, well, I'm a bit too young to, to probably lead a club and so I didn't really think too much more of it. But it came to me as more of a, a stronger thought. So I did talk to God about it and feel that God actually was calling me rather than my, my own voice. Um, and so I did say to God, I, I don't feel prepared, but if this is you and you want me to do this, then um, I would I would be willing to step forward if my Pathfinder director, when I was a child, um, was in the Tasmanian conference. So he was in the Adelaide conference um, or South Australian conference, and so I said I would do that if he was in the the um, the Tasmanian conference, which I knew there was no way possible that, that would happen. So it's, and, it's almost <laughs> like you you uh, <laughs> you were talking to God and saying, well, you know, if you make this happen, thinking that well, if I say that, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and my only request was for him to be a, a pastor within the Tasmanian conference. Right. And they have this thing um, called the TASDA in Tasmania where it's basically like a newsletter for the whole state. Mm-hmm. And um, the following Saturday I um, was reading that TASDA and uh, it, it was already – it was an old one. I don't get an opportunity to read them all of the time with, with you know, being busy and children, etc. And when I turned from the, the front cover over to the first page, here's this picture of my Pathfinder director who had three months earlier been, um, you know, called to come to Tasmania as not only a pastor but the, um, the president of Tasmania. So he's the guy who actually 
looks after all Tasmanian churches. That's, so, that's, that's in the uh, Seventh-day Adventist churches the, of, of Tasmania. That's right. And, and what was his name? Uh, his name was Darren Slade. Oh, okay, right. I remember when Darren was down here. So, so he was your Pathfinder director, and lo and behold, he turns up in Tasmania um, as the, the president. He did, yeah. And so my other request to God, because I thought, well, that, that was a bit of a coincidence, was I said, well, I'll do it if, if somebody else asks me and I'll help them. And we came out to church luncheon and we just um, only, you know, the beginning of that year, we were in March and at the beginning of the year we had a new pastor and his wife at our church. And she came over and sat next to me during that church luncheon and she said, would you like to start a Pathfinder and Adventurer Club with me? And so that came completely out of the blue and, and it was at that point that I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll help you. Mm. And so together um, we, um, we started, yeah, a Pathfinder and Adventurer Club. In your local church in, in uh, Devonport. Yeah, That's yep. awesome. We're going to go to a break. And uh, before we go, I just want to remind our listeners of our show number. That's our Tassie Encounters show number, 0488 Write that down. We will have a free book offer coming up later in the program. And you'll be able to text in on that number a code that we give you so you can claim the free book for today. But right now, we're going to go to our first song, and this is Grace by Laura Story. My heart is so proud My mind is so unfocused I see the things you do through me It's great things I have done
I walk with you, I'm learning what your grace really means. The price that I could never pay was paid at Calvary. So instead of trying to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and that was Laura Story with the beautiful song called Grace. This morning we're talking with Tamika Spalding on the topic of finding love and purpose and this is her part three. And before the break we were talking about pathfinders and so Tamika I'm just wondering if you'd like to share with us some of the activities that you get up to and have been involved in over the years that you were leading out in pathfinders. Yeah well uh, we started, as I said earlier, um, in August of 2011 and we had mainly 10-year-olds and they started right at the very beginning of, of Pathfinders in a group we call Friends and they were a pretty active bunch so we've, we've taken them camping and we've done you know quite a few activities. We uh, saw them fortnightly and so we got to know their families as well as them so we were like, we were pretty close and um, yeah, we... In 2014, so a few years after, um, we decided that we would take those kids to a world campery and that world campery was held in America, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin and so we started the uh, big task of fundraising and yeah, took the kids to America. So is it is it an optional, like can anyone just decide that uh, they want to send a club over to the world one or do they have to have some special invitation? Uh, we do need to get approval from America themselves and like the American Pathfinders. Yeah. Um, you have to apply and then you do need permission from your youth director in your own conference. Right. But yes, you can go. So that yep. would have been a pretty exciting thing for uh, yes. your Pathfinders. Well, camperies are my favourite thing in Pathfinders and we do hold one in Australia as well. That happens every four years and, we, you know, we, we've been to... Um, we'd, we we went to a um, a 2015 campery in Australia and another one in 2019 with with our Pathfinder group, and um, there's actually one coming up this year. Oh, actually, the beginning of next year in January, um, and that'll be held in Tumbarumba um, in New South Wales. So if you're not in a Pathfinder club, you should find one and join one and come. But yeah, going back to our um, our trip in America. Yeah, we went in 2014 and in America 
they had 47,000 Pathfinder kids that um, are in over 100 countries. That is and a that's a big uh, a big number of people to organise and coordinate and feed and everything else. Yeah, it's basically one huge big tent city. Mm. Uh, and yeah, they have. Um, it's a little bit similar to the Australian camperies. Um, it has a lot of differences as well. But um, the Australian camperie, um, you have basically a tent city as well, mm. and then they have activities during the day. In um, Australia, you get to be muddy and wet and, uh, you know, paint and, um, you know, you, you get muddy all, during all the day. All sorts of things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots, lots of outdoor activities. Activities. And then and, and you can choose to be as much into it or as much on the sidelines watching it. Mm. You know, you've got some kids that aren't as keen to – they want to see what's going on but not necessarily be in on it, and you can do both. Mm. And then at night they have a, a drama that happens that usually revolves around – um, a, a Bible story, okay. and then they have uh, a youth pastor that normally shares a short message, um, yeah, which is, you know, really great. Um, I, I, I want to uh, just share that um, we had uh, a Pathfinder Campery actually in Tasmania when I was in Pathfinders way back in the 80s, I think it would have been, and uh, that was quite interesting because we had people coming from all around Australia and they were camping in my hometown of Olveston. That's where the the Pathfinder Campery was. And we had these people from uh, Western Australia and other places. And it was so hot that people were fainting, you know, when we were doing the marching and doing those other things that they couldn't handle the Tasmanian heat, which I thought was quite interesting. <laughs> so that was yes. that was the only campery that I've been part of uh, in terms of as a pathfinder. And then I took my daughter to one when she was about ten years old uh, up in Queensland. That was a great one. So I've been to two camperies. So, so <laughs> tell us more about uh, what they do. Um, I think you were going to talk about uh, some of the dramas and things that they do. Or yeah, yeah. So in the American campery. Um, in 2014, they had their theme as Forever Faithful and they told the story of Daniel and just for those who, who might not know um, the Bible story of Daniel, Daniel was a Hebrew um, guy and he, he, well, he's Jewish and um, he was taken um, out of his home town as, as a youth to serve in Babylon with um, King Nebuchadnezzar and his name was changed to the Chaldean name of um, Belteshazzar. Mm. And we know him as a prophet of God who remained true to him throughout his life. And he was able to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And um, several years after that, he was actually put into a lion's den by King Darius, who actually liked Daniel, but yeah. there was a law that made... There, there were some deceitful uh, characters, I think, weren't they, that wanted to trap Daniel up and get rid of yeah. him. Yeah. So they made a decree that um, you couldn't be seen, you couldn't be praying to God, mm. and he got caught praying to God. So he didn't um, he didn't hide away from, from his love for God, and so he got caught and um, was put into a lion's den. And while he was in that lion's den, um, you know, he had, he had very strong faith uh, right through, but um, in that lion's den he had he had that that faith, and um, the God closed the mouth of the lions. Mm. And so, when King Darius came back to to see uh, 
if if Daniel was still there, he was. Mm. So much he was to able much to, come to his joy, I think. Yes. But, uh, yep. Yeah. So um, that particular Campri, how did that impact you? Yeah. Well, it challenged me uh, a lot actually to step out more in faith than I had currently. Um, you know, with faith, uh, we often think of faith as something we we just have, and we don't. You know, faith is uh, a doing word. It's something that we practice and grow. Um, and you know, sometimes with faith, if you if you feel that um, you know God may have um, you know. Uh, called you to to something or you feel inclined to do something that you think might be from God and you're stretching that faith, you know, it might be small and sometimes, you know, you can kind of just take a little risk and if it doesn't quite go to plan, it's okay because nobody nobody knows any different. They don't know that you stepped out on a, you know, mm. with a little bit of a risk and mm. took a little risk of faith. But as you your, you know, relationship with God develops, um, you know, I'd found myself in a position where I was sort of taking those bigger leaps of faith where um, they can be a little bit more risky because they're a little bit more evident that you're doing it. And so, you know, the stakes are a little higher because no one likes rejection. No one likes, um, you know, to be embarrassed. And no, so, no one, no one likes to fail. <laughs> that's right. And, and I think that's the fear, isn't it, of stepping out sometimes? That, yeah, and I think what I really learnt from that camporee was that God doesn't ask us to follow him or to do something in faith for him that that we're not required to have, um, you know, like we're not, we're not following him blindly. He allows us to have certain um, experiences and those small little steps of faith so that as we move forward in our relationship with God, we look back and we, we begin to have this little folder of, of little times where God came through and then, you know, there's a little evidence here that it, it worked. He said what, you know, he said that he would be good and he was and then you have a little bit more evidence and a little bit more evidence so that when you get to the end um, of, of taking those bigger leaps of faith, uh, you're not, yeah. You're not doing that blindly because you have this catalogue of of evidence, and mm. so, you know, if you're relying on on God and looking looking at God, those those bigger leaps of faith don't seem so big. Mm. So, have you got uh, a particular event or anything that happened at that uh, Cambrai where you can look back and say, well, that was a that was an act of faith or a step of faith? Yeah, I've got a couple of stories. I'll start with the, the first one. You know, before I went to the American Campery, iPhones were the big thing. And, I mean, they're still the big thing, but um, they were a big thing. And I wanted to be able to call family when we, we went over there. Mm-hmm. And so I made this purchase of my very first iPhone 5 and thought that it was, you know, pretty cool. And I wouldn't call myself materialistic, but... Um, when we were over in America, there was one evening, it was the, th- the third evening of being at the campery itself, and I had this idea that I would go around because America is, um, the American campery is so large that it takes, you can, you can take a couple of hours walking mm. around mm. all the different areas. And so one of the other youth and I decided that um, 
we'd go around and, and take a walk and take a bunch of photos. Mm. And as just before we went to, to set off, I had this thought, if you lost your phone today, would it matter? And that really hit me because I thought, well, no, it wouldn't. And then I thought about it and I thought, well, yeah, it would. Um, and, I, yeah, I did think about it. And my next thought was back up your phone and take your camera and use your, your camera to take the photos. Mm. And I didn't want to do that uh, because um, I... You wanted to use your phone. <laughs> your I new wanted phone. to use my phone. And I liked to share mm. messages with my, my mum and dad and what I was doing. Mm. And it was a lot easier to just upload, um, you know, photos to, to Facebook and that, yeah. that sort of thing for them to be able to see where I was. Mm. Um, and, and so that's, you know, that's what I what I wanted to do. But I thought I might just take my camera. Now, should we go to a break? We will need to go to a break. Um, maybe uh, I can sense that there's something that's going to happen to this phone in this story, but we might uh, bring that back in after the break. Uh, so right now we will go to our second song, which is another great song, and it's called Faithful. There's distance in the air And I cannot make it leave I wave my arms round about me And blow with all my might I cannot sense you close Though I know you're always here But the comfort of you near Is what I long When I can't feel you, I have learned to reach out just the same. When I can't hear you, I know you're still here, every word I pray. And I want you more than I want to live another day. And as I wait for you, maybe.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM. And we've been talking this morning with Tamika Spalding about her Finding Love and Purpose series, and we're on part three. Now, before the break, Tamika was halfway through telling a story about a special phone that she'd just bought prior to uh, going over to the United States to a massive camp, Campery, where 47,000 people were camping. And uh, you were about to uh, go for a walk around the camp and you uh, were sharing that something impressed on you that you should take a backup in case uh, something got lost. So what's the rest of this story, Tamika? Yeah, so what basically happened was... um, Wi-Fi wasn't just everywhere all over the campery. It was in these little, like little, um, I don't know, like little shacks, mm-hmm. if you want to call them. And so one of the youth who uh, was in our, um, staying at our camp that was sort of overseeing us, looking after us, um, he took me into there and he taught me how to back up my phone because I had never done that before. That's mm. what I, I felt impressed to do. And then I thought... It's a bit silly that I have this impression, so I'm going to take my phone anyway. But I also took my camera and I took one of the youth from our Pathfinder Club and we walked around for a couple of hours and took photos. And I took some photos on my phone and I took most of the photos on the camera. Mm. And um, so I came back just in time. We rushed down tea and then we went to the night program, which is a bit of a hike. So um, we went down to the night program. The night program started, the music started, then we got into the drama section. By then it was night time and I thought, I haven't been to the toilet all day so let's do that and that is quite a walk just to get out of all of that, that area and then you've got to line up and go to their portable loos. And while I was in the loo, as you do with these good thoughts, I thought, would it matter if you lost your phone? So this is so the sec- first... second time you've had that thought. <laughs> yes. So my first reaction was... Don't drop it down the toilet. Mm. And so I remember very clearly putting into a position where I couldn't lose that phone. Mm. Um, And I tried to, you know, be more mindful so I wouldn't lose it. And as I came back, I felt really impressed to tell the youth that I'd been walking around with that, you know, God does not want to lose any of us. We can lose things like phones, but he doesn't want to lose us Mm. as people. And so I shared that with her and... um, while this program was going on and then I actually got quite tired and it's amazing how much I love these programs and I fell asleep. It's just <laughs> exhausted. And just before the end of the program, it started to rain and my first thought was I've got to look after the kids and get them out of the rain. Mm. And so what I had done um, was just just before I'd by accidentally fallen asleep, I had used my phone as a, a you know, as a um, light, and then I had sat the phone on my lap. And so anyway, in this kerfuffle of trying to get all our kids together in one lot and make sure that they were all there and then us walk back together while it was raining, I stood up and walked away. And as I walked away, this thought came again, would it matter if you lost your phone? And then I you know, have that oh, no moment, Mm. it was on my lap, it's not on my lap, I don't have my phone. And I said to my husband, I've got to go back and get my phone, it's only a couple of, like literally a few steps away, we'd only just kind of walked walked away. And so I went back and I couldn't see it and then it started bucketing with rain. So 
I had to make a decision. Do I go with the kids or do I keep finding my phone? So I decided, well, you know, it's an honest place. It's probably going to be handed in. Someone else will find it. So I went back to the camp and um, and then got them all settled and into bed and then I came back to look for it and I couldn't find it. And that night, because I came back that night, um, there were some rehearsals happening and some people doing a bit of a prayer meeting and I was so blessed to be at that um, I really enjoyed that. That was actually the highlight of my, one of the highlights of that, that week was coming back, trying to find my phone and then being involved in what, what the guys that were um, in the sound department and in the drama team were doing. So I really actually enjoyed it. Long story short, um, I never found that phone. Mm. And had I not backed up that phone, I would have lost all its contents. But because I had backed it up, the only thing that I did not get returned to me when I came back to Australia and got another phone um, was the few photos I'd taken while I was walking around um, the camp and and took photos. But because I had my other camera... You had most um, of those. I had them. So in essence, I lost Mm. the physical phone, but I I, I lost nothing. Mm. Yeah. um, So um, these are just little thoughts come to us and you think, okay... Should I listen to that? Should I actually act on it? And yeah. I, I guess that's the thing, isn't it, is, is learning to tune into the voice of God in, in our lives and, and acting on it. Have you got yeah. any other uh, stories that you'd like to share um, in, yeah. in the rest of this section? Well, when we were in, um, after the campery finished, we headed to Chicago and we were going to fly from Chicago to Hawaii. And while we were in the Chicago airport, um we have our Pathfinder uniforms, which was in a separate bag, in a uniform bag, and then you have, you know, your luggage that gets stored on the plane, and then you have your hand luggage. And as I was about to put the um, the, the uniforms, which was in my hand luggage, um, in, I had this thought: you need to take out your sash and keep it in your in your personal hand luggage. And it was a bit of a a thought that. Should I listen or should I not? And I thought back, well, last time I had a thought that I was going to lose my phone and I actually did, um, and that was really out of my hands. It was out of my control. So I decided because of that I would step out of faith again and um, ask the leader that was carrying those bags, can I get the, the, the sash out? She noticed what I was doing and questioned it and I said, oh, I just feel that I need to keep it in my personal luggage. Mm. And we didn't speak about it again. And she said, if you're so worried, you take it. So I took, I was then responsible for the uniform bag. When we went through security, um, it went through, you know, in that little area where you stick all your hand luggage on and it goes down the conveyor belt and goes Mm -hmm. through the machine. Well, I grabbed all the bits and pieces and there was nothing left. So we walked away and I made the assumption somebody else must have picked up the uniform bag. And we were only a few metres um, away from that security area and we checked we had all the kids and all their bags that we discovered oh, we didn't pick up the uniform bag. So I went straight back within a minute of this happening and they could not find the uniform bag. And so I thought it's clearly labelled, it's got our names all over it, it'll be found. And we hopped on the plane and as we was on the plane, my leader pulled out her sash and she said, I saw you had your sash and I saw, you know, what, what has happened in your relationship with God. I'll put, I decided I'd put my sash in my bag too. 
And so we both had our sashes, but all the other uniforms were gone. And we never got those back. But every part of those uniforms were replaceable. Mm. We could reorder all those honours except for mine and my leader's uniform sashes because we had sash we had honours on our sashes that were from camperies from 20-plus years ago. And so you couldn't where, get those. Uh, so they were. Yeah, couldn't they get couldn't. the badges anymore. That's right. Mm. So um, it was that. And then um, because I was worried I'd lose my sash, I thought maybe I might lose my Bible and I made sure that my Bible wasn't on my, my hand luggage anywhere and I put it in my main luggage um, that was stored on the plane mm-hmm. in a Walmart um, suitcase because my original suitcase broke. And um, when we landed in Hawaii, uh, I was getting off the plane and I realised that, um, you know, our, our stuff was, had only just been delivered on that conveyor belt. And I had this next thought, your bag has already been taken, go to the front door. And I looked and there was a man on crutches with a Walmart bag just like mine making his way to a taxi and I I went straight to him, didn't even check if that information was right. I went straight to him and and because he was on crutches, he was that little bit slower so I was able to catch up with him. Had he not been on crutches, I, I wouldn't have caught up with him. And I stopped him and said, excuse me, but I think you might have my bag. And he said, oh, there's, that's... There's no way that I, you know, I've got confused. And I said, would it be okay if you just check? And um, he had my bag. Mm. So then we came back and and I helped him find his bag. And, yeah, it was was a moment that I realised that, you know, some things need to be lost to gain an understanding of God's character. And the important things, God will still keep from being lost. And so, you know, the things I lost were replaceable, the phone, the uniforms that were lost. But the things that were, you know, important to me that I think God understood that they were important and um, was my Bible, um, was my, my sash and, um, and you know, all that information that had been on my phone. And so I think it was just those little moments where then God can help witness to others just by you stepping out in faith Hmm. and um, for me to further understand the character of God. There's some amazing little stories, aren't they? Uh, And uh, I was just saying to to Mika in the break earlier that, you know, I think we all have stories. Sometimes we don't actually take time to note them or or mentally note what's going on in our lives because our lives are very busy. But we all have these little stories, and it's great to hear some of them uh, being shared with us. We've got a book offer that I promised you earlier, and it's called Sharing with a Purpose. Discover the joy that comes from sharing. Sharing with a Purpose opens our minds to see that those we associate with and bump into are not necessarily there by accident. You will find how easy and natural it can be to share Christ with others. If you would like to guide someone to Christ but just felt that it wasn't your gift or your calling, you need to read this book. And if you want to experience the joy of leading a friend to Christ and increase your own relationship with Christ, then this book is for you. Right after the break, we'll give you the code for the book. This is Belovedness by Sarah Crozier. your self-loathing you own the voices inside of your head you own the shame and 
reproach of your failure. It's time to own your belovedness. You've owned your past and how it's defined. You've owned everything everybody else says. It's time to hear what your father has spoken. It's time to own your belovedness. He says you're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is fierce and unending. I'll come to find you, whatever it takes, my beloved. Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we are finishing up our program today with Tamika Spalding on finding love and purpose. And before the break, we promised a code for our book today, our free book giveaway. The book is titled Sharing with a Purpose Discover the Joy that Comes from Sharing. And the code today for that book is CONNECT number nine, no spaces. T- uh, text in CONNECT nine to 488880. Eight nine one, and we'd love to get you a copy of this book. Now, Tamika, the the title of the program is "Finding Love and Purpose," and uh, we've been talking about, I guess, faith. But what I want to ask you is, what you have learned about 
our God-given purpose over the last few years and in your experience? How do we how do we look at our God-given purpose? Yeah, well, this year I um, feel that I'm I've been led in a, a little bit of a different direction this year with writing, and so up until now, Pathfinders has been um, a huge part of my life, and I do a lot um, a lot with Pathfinders. And this year it won't be. Um, I'm stepping back from that role a little and I'm going to still help with doing some cooking, but that's about it for this this year. And I think what I realised was that, you know, God can call us to something, but he can also call us out and bring us into um, another area that we may not have thought was even something that, that we would be, you know, good at or know anything about. And I had um, a moment um, on the beach recently where I just had my feet in the water and I was talking to God about what what I was to do for this year. And, um, you know, I I was taken back to when I was very, very young at my first camporee in a prayer tent that I used to sneak out and and go to and and talk to God privately. And um, I remember a prayer that I had with God and he he just put that back into my mind. And, you know, I had um, mistaken that God was um, pathfinders. Uh, it's it's a funny thing because I, I didn't realise I had this idea. But our identity isn't what we do. Mm. It is who, you know, um, who God is. And God is accessible to us in every part of our life, not just in one area that we felt God was there close with us. And sometimes we can get a little bit mixed up in, in that thinking. And so that then allowed me to step away from, from one area and go into a new area because God is the one that calls us and he's the one that, that takes us. And so I have learned that, you know, you can brainstorm with others and ask them, you know, what sh- should I do with my life? But at the end of the day, if you feel God is calling you to do something, he will give you those skills to do it. Um, he already knows your capabilities and he will add those those abilities to you. He'll, he'll find people to come and help you. And, um, you know, you just step forward and, and, and do that. Um, you know, sometimes we put unnecessary, you know, unnecessary pressure on ourselves and, and doubt our ability. Um, and, you know, it's not to say that we're not going to be shaken or we're not going to feel uncomfortable, but... To really um, have that that best life, um, we need to be in that area sometimes. Um, and and I love the verse. It says John in John fifteen four. It says, "Remain in me, as I also remain in you." Which is a promise to us mm. that if you stick with God, God will stick with you. Um, and it goes on. It says, "No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine." Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Meaning you can do something really well, but if you haven't got God to, um, you know, to help you in that area and to grow you and to bring you out into your full potential, it's there's not a lot of use doing it. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. There's another verse that this reminds me of, which is sort of the other side of it, is that um, when we are truly serving God and we, we're doing that, out of a genuine uh, love for him, he, he promises that nothing that we do will be useless, and so it will uh, it will produce fruit, which I guess is what uh, um, sort of the opposite is. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but if we are with him, 
we can bear fruit, yeah. we can be uh, productive and useful. And so um, you uh, have started a little ministry called His Herd. You mentioned that on a previous program. Yeah. Um, just to wrap us up, there's a there's a I guess a verse that's sort of the key verse for your ministry. Do you want to just share with us briefly about that? Yeah, um, I've called it his herd because I've just imagined that he is like our stag and, and we are like a deer because it says in Habakkuk 3.19, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high places. So even when we're low and we don't have the strength within ourselves, we just need to look at God and um, he will give us the strength and he will allow us to get where we need to go for him and if we're still looking for our purpose, um, just keep talking to him because wherever he takes you is where you need to be going. Mm. And there's a uh, there's a, a sentence you've got in the last part of your notes. I, I want you to read that because it's so important. What What's the, well, assuming I've got the same <laughs> version of the notes that I've got, what's that yeah, last I've, sentence that I've got here? Um, well, I've written... We are enough. That's Just it. show up. Just show up. That's it. We are enough, and that's uh, that's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Because we feel like sometimes we are not enough, and we don't have the skills, we don't have the qualifications, or or whatever it is. But God promises that through Him we are enough, because we have our identity in Him. That uh, He creates us anew, and uh, when we're serving for Him, when we're working for Him, we we are. Uh, are truly connected with him, that he will work through us. So that's a fantastic message. Thank you, Tamika, for sharing over the past few weeks. Um, maybe we'll have you back in the future. Uh, I hope we do. And uh, we uh, have enjoyed, or I've enjoyed talking to you through these programs. Um, tomorrow, uh, sorry, next uh, uh, Monday, should I say, it's not tomorrow because it's Friday, but on Monday, David Leo will be joining uh, us again on his series Encounters with Jesus. And, of course, uh, next week on Connecting the Dots, we are going to have uh, Daniel Mateo, who normally presents on Wednesday, but he's got a different program, and it's titled Signs of the Covenant, so he'll be talking about that next Friday. Thank you again, Tamika. I hope we can have you back soon and uh, we really appreciate you uh, sharing with us. We're going to go out now with this song called The Cold and uh, this is by Matt and Josie Minicus. Wherever you are, have a great day and may God bless you. Sometimes I think I have to be Perfect for God to use me I think I have to know it all Never stumble, never fall I focus on all my inadequacies Instead of what Christ can do through me I forget to trust and I can't quite see That God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the call And He'll supply your every need When you choose to give Him all You can be too big for God to use But you'll never be too small Cause God doesn't call the qualified 
God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called, and He'll supply your every need. We choose to give Him all. You can't be too big for God to use, but you'll never be too small. 'Cause God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies His called. So don't hinder God with what you say you can't do. Just be willing and ready to be used. Go where He leads with a heart that is willing. No telling what He'll do through. God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called, and He'll supply your every need when you choose to give Him all. You can be too big for God to use, but you'll never be too small. 'Cause God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies His called. No, God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies His called. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 